Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in, fight fans, here on a Monday edition of Unlocking the Cage. I am Ryan McKinnell, in for Jimmy Smith. And on today's edition of Unlocking the Cage, we have, well, our wonderful co-host, the returning one and only Cupcake Misha Tate. And I catch up with Misha to see how she's doing since her last fight at UFC Long Island. And we discuss the path forward for two of UFC London's biggest winners and fan favorites, Patty Pimble and Molly McCann. Speaking of living the life, uh, we haven't heard from you in a couple weeks now. I know that your last fight didn't go your way, but we've been talking. We've been talking. We've been communicating via text and chatting it up a little bit. Um, you seem to be taking the loss very well in stride, and you seem to be uh, remaining pretty positive. Yeah. I. You know what it is? I just think I have the best things in life. So at the end of the day, win, lose, draw, I still get. I still have a great life. So I guess that's what brings me peace. Um, but, but yeah, I can't say that I'm like happy about the the performance or whatever. I think, I think I need to, uh, find a way to harness myself a little bit different mentally. And Mm -hmm. I think that I'm not like, I'm not giving up on that yet. I just felt flat in the fight. Um, you know, like, like I was having fun. I enjoyed it. I don't have any, like, like it was fun. I, I really enjoyed the fight, but it's like, I didn't bring like the ultra competitive version of Misha Tate. And I know that it's in there, but I don't know if it was like the prolonged fight camp, you know, because you think I've been in it since like January and then I went on Big Brother mm-hmm. and that was really exhausting in itself. And then, you know, then we had the long and then it got and then I felt like I got iced at the end. You like I was so ready for July 2nd. I mean, I was pissed. I was like trying everything. I even was like, I don't care. I'll fight at 135. Call up Holly home like I am fighting July 2nd. I was so adamant again on it. And then I was just really yeah. bummed. And obviously it was a lot more work, you know, having to pack up kids and like pack up everything and bring them all the way to New York. But I mean, I can't really blame it on any of that. It's just those are those are things that were kind of culmination of. I don't know. I just felt like not the most competitive version of myself. And that's frustrating. That's a bummer because I did work really hard. And of course, you want to get that win at the end. Um, so I think maybe like I might want to look into seeing like a sports psychologist. I'm just in a different part point in my life. And yeah. um, why not? You know, like we, we spend so much time training our bodies. And one thing I've learned is the mind is so powerful. I felt so great and very relaxed. And I kissed my kids before I went in the octagon. And I think that was kind of just like, I've got everything that I need. And like, it, that wasn't the right mentality that needed to be. And I think I need like to be deprived of my children for a few weeks before the fight. Like, I think I need to be like in like that, like, oh, like kind of just like, oh, I'm going to like hey. go 
fuck this person up. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what Rocky did in Rocky <laughs> Four, right? He went over to Russia. That's what he I'm left saying. Adrian behind. He locked himself in a barn and was like lifting wood and shit. Yeah, I maybe you know what? And you, that, you talk- I don't think that's a joke. Like I think that's a real thing. Because like when yeah. you got it made, like I'm in a very great point in my life not like chapter one yeah. chapter one it was kind of toxic and i was in a lot of turmoil and it was like that was my outlet and it was also my identity that's none of those things hmm. for me anymore so as i continue to evolve and light is life is great it's very cush i live a wonderful life of everything that i need um i don't need to fight i just want to and i want to do better than i did this time so i'm not going to give up on it but this is a whole new challenge like i just need to get my mindset a little bit more gritty a little bit more grind a little, a little bit more like gotta have it you know not just there to have fun like i gotta have it and i just don't feel like i hit the nail on the head with that this time yeah uh my life is also very cush but uh different kind of cush and we'll just leave it at that uh misha <laughs> you talked about it i know you're not making excuses i know you're like you like we talked about like we actually talked via text channel i'll pull back the curtain a little bit and we both agreed like you lost i think what you're yeah I think what you're trying to do is just figure out why the performance wasn't there. Now, sports mm-hmm. psychologist, time, all yeah. that stuff. I think it's all a good idea. And I liked what you talked about that the, and it, again, it might not be an answer. It might be an answer. It might be indicative of something that is there. I do not know, but it is interesting that only, you know, shit, when we talked, it was only like a couple of days after and you kind of hinted, uh, you kind of hinted at the idea that, yo, that first, uh, to your words, right? That first chapter was so much tumult, so much chaos, so yeah. much stuff going on that fighting was your outlet. That adjusting, you know, half a million dollars at Big Brother, uh, the layoff, yeah. a second run, Johnny, the kids, like everything in your life is different. I've got so, it yeah, made. maybe, fi- maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe finding that dog, right? Finding that That's dog takes I mean. a little bit more work. It does. Yeah. And I just assumed that it would be there. But I think as we change, you know, with, I mean, and not everybody fights for a living, but I think everybody's like had relationships or had a, a work atmosphere that you've had to kind of like reinvent a little bit to find a way to, or reinvigorate it to keep it fresh, to keep it interesting, to keep it. And it's always changing. It's never the same situation that it was yesterday, much less years and years ago. So I just think I'm at a point where I am so happy and so content that it just kind of like translated into the fight. But I don't want that. And I definitely think that I can overcome that no. because... I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I definitely think, because I'm telling you, if like you saw my trainings and you see again how I, I do against all the other women in the UFC and including like a, a, like a lot of the guys, like I, I'm, I, I have it. I'm very competitive. I need to channel, though, the dog in the fight. And that didn't happen at all this last time. Like I said, I had a great time. It was fun. But that's not enough. Like I need to win. I need to, you know, like I, I want more than that. So this is a whole new challenge. I've never had to really work on the mental side of it. Cause I've always kind of just like been tough and gritty, but here I am like in a totally different place where I'm not forced to channel that on a regular basis. And I think, Oh, here's another thing too. Getting down to 125, all my trainings were very long format. That means two plus hours. And a lot of times when I hit that that dog in the training, it, we're an hour and a half in and I've got nothing left because we're an hour and a half in and I've got to just, ah, you know, just like bring it from like non-existent places, like places. I'm, so I think sometimes in 15 minutes goes by so fast 
that I'm not even beginning to hit my my stride or my threshold. So I don't know too if I need to incorporate some short form trainings that's like you've got to just do this in 15 minutes. Like there's no there's no other time. Like it's now and never, you know, as opposed to like those long trainings where it's like you you it takes me so long sure. before I hit that bottom rung where I've got to dig deep. If 15 minutes just flew by, it literally felt like somebody snapped their fingers. I'm like, oh shit, it's over again already? Like, ah, you know, I almost wish we could have fought for two hours. It'd be like, okay, well then there we go. That probably hit the dog somewhere in there. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been in your wheelhouse. Uh, but speaking of the wheelhouse, you know, Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. I guess the silver lining is, is you did have the team there and you had our wonderful Kelly Murphy to stop by the next day and and make things. I was just saying to make things a little bit better. So (laughs) Kelly, thank you for bringing a smile, the cupcake with cupcakes, no more than 24 hours, because I know you were all over New York that week. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, I had a that blast. was like that was the least <laughs> I could do that weekend. I was like, Misha wants cupcakes. Yeah, you bet your ass I'm going to get exactly what this girl wants. Like I, I just so happy I just like I just liked that she was still on the cupcake tip, right? Like, I mean, her eye was a little messed up. It's fine. It looks great today. We're like Thank a week you. removed from it. But but you do, you do. But I'm just saying uh, that happened, right? Uh, you, you got your cupcakes and you went to the Yankees game. Like, you didn't let a loss stop you Not from enjoying all. all of our, well, one of my favorite cities, New York City. Ryan, I got, I got a life to live. Losses, they used to destroy <laughs> me because it was everything that I had and did to exist for. But now it's like... I still got a life to live. I still got kids. I still got all these good things. And to that point, though, I do have to figure out like the the pinpoint for 15 minutes. I need that dog to be right there at that time. And I cannot miss that mark, you know, so that's what I'm going to work on. It's a whole new different challenge, which, you know, I'm always up for a good challenge. So it's a different kind of challenge. Like like I've been focused on the physical this camp getting down to 125 was my main focus. And I think I need to focus more on my performance than anything. I like it. I like it. And listen, that is not an uncommon theme for high-level fighters, right? This, you, yeah. you, you, you stick around long enough. You mm-hmm. go through different iterations of your attitude, of your motivation, of yeah. whatever, right? And you have to reconnect and find that dog. And it sounds like that's about right where you're at in your yeah. career. And uh, so, uh, so I'll leave it at this. I'll leave it at this, and we'll get into UFC London when we come back. What's the next move? I know it's been a couple weeks. You've had a little bit of time to think about it. What I mean, you mentioned sports psychology. I think it's been okay, like one, right? How, one how, week? Okay, one. one. Is it? Yeah, Time's one. flying. One in a couple I'm days. not back in Vegas. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say everything is jumbling together. But nonetheless, um, I know it's been a little bit of time. You've had a little bit of time to think. Yeah. You've obviously thought. Uh, like, how active do you want to stay? Like, when do you want your next fight to be? I'm not going to have you call out any opponent, but like, what's the move here? Yeah, um, I definitely need to take some time to figure it out. And this, yeah. like I said, was a really long camp. It got drawn out, you know, two two times. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna stay at 125 or just go back to 135 where I can enjoy, you know, like the like I said, the diet. Oh my God, Ryan, for that long made me want to blow my brains out. It was terrible. Well, I, so I, am, I remember we went. Remember uh, we went to uh, the, yes. the, the the advanced screening at Top Gun Maverick, and I was like teasing you with the popcorn. You couldn't even have popcorn and no, you know a nothing. drink. I felt terrible for you. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, so terrible. You were just like rubbing it in over there. I know. <laughs> a little, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, that's what friends. Bit. That's 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 what friends do. That's what friends do. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, by the way, yeah. we can go and eat now, so we should definitely take advantage of it. I am um, I'm I looking to plump up a little bit. I did not enjoy being that skinny. I'm like, where's my butt? 
Um, so <laughs> it's back hey, now. Hey, though, so hey, that's great. Speak, I was just saying, speaking of your ass, I was made a joke. You posted it. You, you, you basically posted a photo yesterday of, uh, you know, all the haters. Can kiss it. Yep. I was like, I'm going to recreate. I was, yeah, I was like, I'm going to recreate that photo before we go live on the air tomorrow. That was a lie. I'm not actually going to do that. But yes, your ass is your ass is returning uh, is. in no time. So credit to Misha Tate's butt. <laughs> Thank you. And that's part yeah. two to Kelly, though, because of the cupcakes. You know, that's where it's all started. They go straight <laughs> to my ass, which is great. And Nobody's maybe- <laughs> crying about that. So I'm just going to continue no, eating no and being happy. Um, you asked about the plan moving forward. I don't know. I, I think I yeah. might stay yeah. at 135. Well, yeah. I don't know, because I, I don't know. We'll okay. see. I need just a little time to kind of like regroup and see like where I want to go from it. And um, as soon as I get like a good sports psychologist and start to like um, maybe unravel or figure out how to channel uh, i think we'll have more idea like i don't know how long that takes it might be something really quick it might be a really simple fix like i said the the performance my physical ability the shape that i'm in the way that i the train the the, the, the skill set that i have it's all there um i just need to time it and put it in the right place at the right time and in the fight and so it might be a quick fix and it might take some time i really have no idea uh- I love that you're open about that, though, right? Because fighting is so alpha. And I said, I think I still think and, you know, Patty Pimblett talked about it, the stigma of getting help, the stigma of talking out now, granted, in an entirely different sort of avenue. But the stigmatization of therapy, of psychologists, right? Right. Like it shouldn't be there. I mean, hell, if anything, we should have it built into our I mean, listen, like mental health should be built into our like health care. We should be able to go once a month and talk to someone. hundred percent. It does. It Misha, Misha, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Physically, mentally, no. everyone needs help. And I'm, re- I'm really glad Absolutely. you brought that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like even, the, even yeah. the strong, you know, what you would consider the strongest people mentally. Like I get a lot of mm-hmm. people telling me like, oh, you know, you're so strong. You're so tough. You're so this. But I want people to know too that I, I have my challenges. You know, I do. You know, I have those ups and downs just like anybody else. And you've got to battle through it. And I, I missed the mark on this last fight. And I really want to try to troubleshoot that. And I don't have no shame in saying like, hey, maybe somebody can help me out in my, my mental mm-hmm. area. Maybe they can strengthen me. Cause as I mentioned, I really, I'm a, firm believer that the body follows the mind and when the mind is right and the mind is sharp you're going to look good feel good do good and that's so that's the part i think i need to focus on i like it i like it. busted open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling join dave lagreca wwe hall of famers bully ray and mark henry and hardcore wrestling legend tommy dreamer dave lagreca here from wwe to aew impact new japan ring of honor and more we talk it all whether you grew up watching rick flair or stone cold steve austin busted open is your place for pro wrestling busted open mondays through saturdays at 9 a.m east on fight nation sirius xm channel one 156. Patty yeah, Pimblett with the victory over Jordan. Yeah, right? Patty Pimblett <laughs> with the victory over Jordan Levitt on Saturday at UFC London. Now, the entire card didn't live up to that UFC in London, you know, that, that original one, which is fine, which is fine. You know, you can't ask someone to or ask a group of fighters to to live up to one of the craziest fight cards we've seen in recent memory. But I'll tell you what, Patty Pimblett got it done. Uh, Molly McCann got it done. There are certainly positives and takeaways from this. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, the Patty Pimblett, I mean, it's beyond an experiment at this point. He's got power in those hands. Jordan Levitt, Misha, the man is, uh, you know, no joke. He's a tough opponent. Patty keeps leveling up. He leveled up on Saturday and. I guess the question uh, that I throw to you and the nation, Misha Tate, is, is Patty Pimblett making a believer out of you? Well, a believer in what exactly? Because, I mean, yes, uh, to answer the question preliminary, I mean, 
I like the guy. Like he's funny. He does what he says he's gonna do. He puts his money where his yep. you know his mouth is. Is like, and he goes out and he performs. And um, I feel like him and Molly just have like this this intangible. You know, they've they've got the it. They've got the it factor. <laughs> so whether they this do. guy ever becomes a world champion or not, I don't. I don't necessarily because I mean, one hundred fifty five pounds. That that's a division that's. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's sure. a nasty division. That is stacked. So do I yeah. necessarily am I believing that this guy is like the future world champ? Mm, no, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but, I, but I, that's not what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But what I'm thinking when I see Patty Pimlet fight is that he's a hell of an entertainer. He's better than average. That's for sure. He's better than most. And uh, I think you're always going to enjoy watching him fight, you know, kind of like a cowboy Cerrone, you know, like a, like an old school yep. cowboy. He's just like, okay, so maybe he won't touch gold. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll become a contender. Maybe, you know, it could happen, but um, you're always going to appreciate it. You're always going to want to tune in like a Nick Diaz. You know, he's kind of becoming, you know, a Diaz brother. He's becoming his own brand. These two are becoming their own brand that's elevated above the sport and goes beyond just a single fight. But every time you see that their name on the card, it's going to stick out. And you're going to be like, I want to watch that fight card because of that person. That That's great. Whether they ever become champions or not, they're going to be, they'll be people's champs, you know, always. Well, and sometimes, and sometimes, right, being that type of fighter, being a Nick Diaz, being a Donald Cerrone, right, two guys yeah. that never held UFC gold, uh, made a shit ton of money. <laughs> and exactly. they're still wildly popular to this day. Exactly. And I've talked about this. I've talked about this with yourself. I've talked about this with other fighters over the last 15 years. Um, you know, if you're really honest with certain fighters, like, yes, the gold means everything. I know you are a former champion. I know how much that meant to you. You have a little bit of that both, though. You are a former champion and you're a pioneer and a stalwart, and you've got that same brand that, you know, you're, you're on point like that right you're not a you're not a flash in the pan you weren't here and gone you've been here for a long time and you're sticking around right but there are some champions uh that were here for just a hot minute and now they're not here anymore so that staying power that longevity to your point that brand staying strong is arguably more valuable in the sport of mixed martial arts than it is in other sports and patty pimblett he's got that juice right now and he might have it for a very very long time and that's what i'm a believer in right there and and i think that you know that um that's more important a lot of times because not everybody, I mean, how yep. many people, I would love to know what the percentage is of people who ever fight in the UFC versus ever become world champions. It's got to be microscopic like amount. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it has to what be. would it yeah, be? It 5%? Be. You know what I mean? Of the not fighters either. that ever, I mean, yeah, ever so, touch UFC yeah, gold that I mean, have it, ever fought yeah, in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah, the roster is 600 people at some point. Um, you know, the, the divisions nine ten. I mean, there's a there's a, there's yeah, a few there's divisions, a lot of people, and right? that's always but, changing too. That six hundred isn't always the same people. Like a lot of times they come exactly. in, they lose and, to, and they're gone. Yeah, a new person comes in. Yeah. And the champions, so. uh, to that point, aren't always changing, right? Like, a lot of yeah. the time you'll get an Anderson Silva basically right into an Israel Adesanya or a right. John Jones, a little bit of DC Cormier or Daniel Cormier, a little stopover. There is, sometimes, in certain divisions, Demetrius Johnson, you can go, Jose Aldo, you can go years without turnover yeah. in that division. So the idea of beating one of those goats is just damn near impossible. Um, now, I will say this about Patty Pimblett. The dude's got serious power. At that weight class, he carries legitimate power. My concern with Patty is, is he just gets... Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. 
But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Too much. Like, he's so wild and he's so ridiculous. Now, it didn't have much on Saturday, but historically the dude can get touched up a little bit. But, again, that's not the worst thing. Nick Diaz got touched. Donald Cerrone got touched, to your point. Yeah. And, and they made a lot of money. And it makes for exciting fights. And that's the one thing you can say about Patty Pimblett. So far, the dude doesn't have a boring fight. Exactly. So that, that, I am a believer in the brand. You know, that's Patty Pimlet, And it, also, the minute, I know we'll get into Molly, but I kind of see them as like a yeah. just dynamic duo. And um, I think that that brand will carry them um, for quite a long time. And, you know, they show up, they continue to perform like that. People are going to love them. People are going to be entertained by them. Um, they might find themselves in title scenarios and, we'll, you know, it, it's up to them whether that actually becomes a, you know, a reality or not. But who cares? I mean, we, we love watching them fight. So do we need that to be That's the right. case? Do we, I mean, really, do we need Patty Pillman to be a champion to appreciate and enjoy him? No. Absolutely nope, not. Nope, he's not a champion. Absolutely he's not a champion not. right now. And you heard, and you heard that <laughs> yeah. crowd in London. He got a bigger response for that crowd in London than a lot of champions. Kamaru Usman, no yeah. disrespect, right? Israel, take any cha- almost any champion and compare their walkout you know, to what he got on Saturday and that reception. It was deafening. It was a jet engine. You don't get that shit often. You just don't. Yeah, I agree. So I think they're I think they're going to do great things. They're going to continue to entertain us and uh that's that's what my that's where my belief is in Patty. I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding. Yep. He's great. I want to throw to some audio here that we have of Patty uh, uh in, in regards to what uh what he thought about his uh well, his fight on Saturday, but more importantly, what his fighting future could look like. This is Patty, the Batty Pimblet after Saturday night's victory. Yeah, I know for a fact now I'll be fighting on pay-per-views with John Anik, Joe Rogan and DC commentating. Um, big Michael. Yeah, Big Mike's the man. Stop. But I, uh, I know I won't be fighting in the O2 again. It's too small. As I say, we'll, we will do Anfield. I promise you now. Dana said that he won't do Anfield, but he also said women will never fight in the UFC years ago when Ronda Rousey came along. He said he won't do a stadium in the UK, but the baddies came along. So we will. 
All right, there you go, Patty Pimblett. You're <laughs> referencing the baddies himself and Molly McCann. Listen, I don't know about Einfield, uh, the the stadium show over there across the pond. Um, I'll, I'll say if, if McGregor never did it, I don't know if Patty's going to do it. Um, he certainly has the juice. He certainly has the popularity. I mean, he's he's got the following. If he made cheap, it's a, tickets affordable enough, I could see it happening. But, Misha, I think there's a reason they haven't done it. I don't know what that reason is. And, yeah, maybe you pack him to get together with McGregor. I don't really know. Uh, but I do. I mean, <laughs> that's a ballsy, ballsy quote there from Patty Pimblett, right? The O2 is too small. That, that's not a small <laughs> arena. It's the Bell of London. Like, it's the nice one of the nicest arenas I've ever been to. Uh, Misha, I. I but I do like his confidence. He can't say he lacks that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's just it I mean it's rare that you get this kind of this kind of energy and this kind of they're stars. Let's just I mean let's just put it that way. They are stars oh, yeah. and they're rise they're continuing to elevate the the sport and rise. So I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm team baddie. I love I I love what they're showing up to do. I think they're great. I yeah. I I'm not enough great things to say about him except except he eats yeah. too much in interviews. I'm not fat shaming. Okay. I know he gets a little puffy between his things. <laughs> <laughs> That's all great. But like, can you hang yeah. on to the pizza for a second so we can hear what you're saying? I mean, the accent's thick enough. I would like to. Yeah. I'd like That's to a good hear. point. Yeah, no, good rule, good rule, good rule of thumb, good rule of thumb for all fighters out there and athletes that might be doing interviews Follow on television mom's old or rule. The radio. Don't talk with your mouth full. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And especially when you have like a really nice professional microphone in front of yep. your face that might pick up all the chomping. Could you imagine? Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, all that. You know, I've I've been there. I'm not going to name out any former former middleweight champions that may or may have not done that in interviews with me. That makes you want to jump across the table and put their face in their fucking food. But we'll leave that alone. Clearly, I have no opinions on that whatsoever. But speaking of opinions, Russo Kelly, what did you make of uh, Ke- uh of uh I should say Patty's uh, victory on Saturday? Is he making a believer? you two i was impressed man like patty usually always has that one little moment where like maybe he gets clipped for a second but works back he was in control oh. from like start to finish now I've, I've told people my jordan levitt maybe you might not know his name but like he's no slouch he's good right. everywhere like a bunch of submission mm-hmm. victories I, I i i tried to bet on the upset got burned for it patty, patty made sure that yeah. we made no money this weekend um but yeah he looked great man <laughs> again it's just it's the 155 pound division so you are yeah. in a sea of murderers, and that's the yes. problem. But yeah, I liked what I saw true. on Saturday. What Kel, about those elbows? I mean, the, I I really thought he made a great oh, yeah. use of those as um you know as, as he was defending the takedown. I I thought really yep. utilized those and well placed and was very aggressive with them too. So I I like that as a part of his defense strategy. Like he executed it very well. It's, it's a little harder to do than you think because when you're not hand fighting, you're not controlling, you're not pushing on the head yeah. or something like that. You're only focused on damage. That person can 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 if they get their hands locked, elevate you and you're going down. So you maybe got a couple in, but he really had a great long stance for it. He made it very difficult to be moved. It had good balance to be able to execute those downward elbow. I mean, those elbows. And I mean, it was it was nice. I, I really enjoyed seeing the technique there. And what I liked about that is he also said, yo, I'm going to do that. When Levitt shoots in on me, I'm going to elbow his freaking head into the floor. And that's exactly what he did. Kelly, what would you make of that performance on Saturday by the baddie? I was really impressed going into the weekend. I said, if Patty Pimblett can give a performance where there's not a near fight ending moment on his end, I would be very impressed (laughs) because Jordan Levitt is pretty dangerous. Like Mike said, whether you know him or not. And then in the midst of hunting for a submission, I mean, he was just relentless. And then he had a pretty nasty knee 
that put him in the best spot to ultimately get the submission. And I was just really impressed. I thought he looked pretty dominant in round one. He was controlling the pace, controlling everything about the round for the most part. And then he got the win in round two and he did exactly what I asked of him. Not that it matters what I want, (laughs) but for my point of view, his third fight in the UFC, he did exactly what I thought he needed to do at that point. Yeah, 100%. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel. 156. After Saturday, Molly McCann getting another victory in authoritative fashion. You heard the call right there from the broadcast team. You heard the crowd at the O2. You saw Molly celebrating later in a Patty Pimblet wig and a bottle of Howler head. Uh, this woman is for the people. Me should take like huh? seriously, honest to God. How do you not like this girl? Like I mean, how like is there anyone out there? Anyone? Eight seven seven three four 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 eight nine three. Is there anybody? If you who don't like, like Molly, Molly, if you don't like Molly, you have no soul. <laughs> she's awesome it's true she's awesome i got to meet oh, her shit, in yeah. person first as i mentioned earlier in phoenix and she was just a mm-hmm. just like how you see her on tv she's a total ball of energy just a real bright light in the room and i love seeing her success it makes me so happy to see her and especially if you know a little bit of her backstory if you hadn't haven't had a chance to, to listen to some of her interviews like with ariel hawani or whatever where they can kind of dig deep and like tell her story a little bit she's just overcome a lot she's she's overcome a lot yeah. of adversity and i love seeing that that person who wasn't you know by society standards supposed to be where she's at and she's overcome so many obstacles and she's a real star and she's just a real personality and um She's also pretty fucking good at fighting. I mean, let's just throw that out there. I mean, you ever <laughs> see li- lightning yeah, strike twice? Like that's me, Bamal. Yeah. Like she, she's just incredible. And 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 it's not even that that it's not even like a skill set thing. It's it's an intangible thing. It's like she's just got it. She just has the special factor. And it's like sometimes it's the desire, the will to win, that hunger, that burning fire. It just burns bright in her, brighter than most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Misha, she's got natural power. You see it in her shoulders. You see it in her hips. You see it when she digs in. Yes, the the spinning out, out back elbows have been great. But when she fought, specifically on Saturday against Santa Goldie, when she followed up yeah. that elbow with those punches, like when she wings hooks, those are not normal hooks for that weight class. They're just not. No, you know, and I, I'm really impressed with her her timing too. I mean, the way that she yeah. rolls, the way that she rolls under a looping hook and she keeps her eye on the prize. I mean, it's just so incredible. Like her placement and her timing they those are yeah. what are making those those punches um that are already powerful but it's where they're placed and when they're timed when the person's not ready it's the shot that you don't see coming and she's always able to hit kind of on that half beat and wow i mean it's just it's devastating it's devastating it's and she's getting finishes at, at 125 like impe- impeccable finishes with her hands you know it's just not something that's brutal also super common in the division 
Right. They, they're just not like that. I mean, you'll see finishes, but like yeah. digging in and just annihilating opponents, that's reserved for 145 in Cyborg Santos, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Cyborg just, just <laughs> exactly. you know, I'm still, I'm still calling her, her Cyborg Santos, right? That's how far <laughs> I go back with Cyborg. Uh, apologies, Chris. Apologies. But no, I mean, that's that again, that sort of violence, that sort of finishing power, it, it doesn't come along often and it doesn't come along often at, at 125. So Molly's really kind of got that in her back pocket as as well as all the intangibles in terms of personality, sellability, bringing the light to the room, making yourself a character, making yourself a commodity. She's got all of that, and she really hasn't been around here that long. Like, her, her rise and her trajectory is incredibly impressive because, Misha, there are fighters that have been around for 10, 15 fights that haven't made the name that she's made, and she just, I mean, you got to give her credit. I know. And I do. I give her all the credit in the world and all the praise and I'm just, I adore her. It's brings me so much happiness to see. Like, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's like the mom in me, you know, like I just feel like I look at her and I'm just so happy. Like I, if I was her mom, like she's just got to be, her mom must be so proud. I mean, what an incredible young woman. What a great role model. Um, I just, I love everything that Molly brings to the table. So it's, great to see her performing and hitting all the beats at the time which she's supposed to and how could you not love her she's just a special energy and then you combine her with patty and oddly the the energy just balances itself out it's just it's it's a beautiful thing to watch she's rare it's very rare in this sport that you get to see a dynamic duo like that yeah it is that's a great point actually (laughs) that sort of brotherly sisterly bond that these two have is uh, damn man like you see it sometimes with like training partners or like yeah. people from the same gym but the opposite sex or like, like a that. coach and, and like a, this, you know this, like it yeah like you yeah. see that sometimes but like not really like two fighters that i can think that have like male female that have the kind of energy and exuberance and the way that they're so captivating and funny and silly and you know they they have their ways of talking a little bit of shit but it's not it's not like cringy you know like i really enjoy the way that they mm-hmm. walk the line in all the areas that are entertaining i just feel like they have a massive appeal like if you like a little bit of trash talk or whatever you might like the the, the, yeah. the tea bag that Patty Pimlet did, you know, or whatever. But it, but to me, it was like funny enough. Like it was lighthearted, you know. Like nothing is too serious. Even so it Jordan, appeals to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Even Jordan Levitt kind of just nodded and yeah. was like, yeah, all, right. "All right, like you said, you were yeah. going to do it. You did it. You know, give him a hug. Good fight. You know what I mean?" But that, that 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 that's also a sign of getting you know worked and having a guy that's just better than you beat you, and you got to give props where they're deserved. Uh, but yeah, the. The relationship between Molly and Patty is uh, certainly special and certainly something that uh, we don't see often in terms of mixed martial arts friendships. I mean, sometimes you see it at the gym, right? You'll see like Rashad Evans and John Jones, right. you know, they support each other until they don't. And then they fight and then they're arch enemies, right? Like, it's, it's like it, it kind of plays out like that. Like, don't be you can be close to people in fighting, but you better be sure you're separated by like 50 pounds or in this case, you know, at least be the opposite sex. So there's no p- chance that the UFC ever takes that friendship and then pits you against one another. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it's it's rare. Yeah. And it's really fun. It's a real treat, I think, for the fans to be able to sit back and watch these two not only fight, but entertain us otherwise. You know I mean? Molly, the way that she jumps over the cage, I mean, have you seen the still shots <laughs> of it? I mean, it's just like, she's like flipped upside down, jumping out of the cage. I, and thought, she, I thought she was going <laughs> to fall on her head. 
Yeah, well, luckily she does that before she has she runs over to the the, the bottle of Howler Head whiskey and and downs a few shots. So, <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah. so much energy, so much energy. Could have could have had a vastly different outcome had she hit that Howler Head before she went flipping over a you know six or six and a half foot cage. Yes, or whatever the hell so we're gonna have to be that. thankful for that. But what it, what I was thinking about this too, though, that like I think Molly's trajectory is a lot different than Patty's just because the landscape of the division. She has two well, finishes now, yeah, yeah, and I think like I honestly think this is that she could be one fight away from uh, from a title shot. I, I really think that her next well, fight could be a title elimination. That's that's interesting. I mean, she's got the juice, and you're right. It's not what the 155 pound men's division, which is just, <laughs> I mean, an absolute murderer's row. And that's no disrespect to 125. It's just a little bit more in yeah. flux, and that does pose an interesting question, right? Who has the cleaner trajectory, right? Like who has the bigger ceiling, Molly McCann or Patty Pimblett? Eight seven seven three four 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 eight nine three eight seven seven fight. 93 let's see as we think and we talk about what's next for uh, well both of these uh folks from the uk right in with respect to patty and uh, molly they both have a bright future we can't disagree with that they both coming off of victories on saturday the crowd was absolutely burning for both of them uh patty says he's outgrown the o2 uh <laughs> molly is slamming howler head it was a complete vibe on saturday night but molly actually spoke and i love this when fighters actually have an opponent lined up at an idea of what they want next well molly mccann meatball she definitely had an idea of what she wants next for her career and you know what again credit to molly she named to that opponent and called her shot at the post-fight presser on Saturday. Check it out. This is Meatball and what she wants next. When you talk about legacy, prestige, honor, like who's the best in the game and it's Valentina. Am I Valentina ready yet? No. Lad. Come on. (laughs) Am I Antonina ready? Let's see. I believe I am. I believe this isn't like a diss. This isn't like I think I'm going to F you everywhere. No, but it's not. But I genuinely think like this is an amazing fight to have. And I know like if they do one fight camp for me, if I ever make it to Shevchenko, they'll have the blueprint. But I'll also have the blueprint because I'll know how to beat a sister. So with the greatest respect, I've said her name because I think she's the best. So I would like you to tell her that I believe she is the best. That's why I'm trying to challenge her for that. All right, there you go. Meatball oh. saying, you know what? I'm, I'm probably not ready for Valentina yet, but I am red, ready for Antonina. And I kind of like that. It builds a nice natural story. If she takes on Antonina, yes. you can keep pushing. You got the revenge factor. Uh, and again, Misha Tate, I'm just glad this woman had something lined up because there's nothing I hate more than a fighter saying I just do what the UFC tells me. You don't want that shit. You want to do what the UFC tells you. Go out there and sell a fight because they're not going to sell for you until you reach a certain level. They'll promo you a little bit, but they need some direction. They like built-in stories and narratives. There you go. You did it. Congratulations. I know all fighters don't feel comfortable with it. Get that out of your head. Do you like money or not? Do you like branding or not? Do you like staying in the UFC or not? Have an opponent lined up. Salute to Meatball Molly. What do you think about the Antonina fight, though, Misha? I love it. I think it's brilliant. I yeah. think it's, you know, because that's a way to get the champion's attention right away. You know, she's going to be their cage side. And if you, you beat her sister, you just you always got to think there's just a little bit of bad blood automatically. You beat her sister and you continue to climb those rankings and you get a chance to mm-hmm. face, you know, 
Valentina, she's going to have that in the back of her mind. And it's a great storyline, as you mentioned, right? I think it's beautiful. Yes. You fight one of the Shevchenkos. If she gets a win there, I mean, it's a built-in storyline. Does, you know, Big Sister want to get a revenge? Like, um, yeah, I like it. I think that that's very smart. And this is what I'm talking about, about Molly. You know, she's not a stupid lady. Like, she's not a stupid woman. She is out there. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She's looking to ruffle a little bit of feathers. And I think that's a great fight for her and i also lo- i love her her candidness and i love her um inability to say like hey i'm probably not there yet but i know what i am ready for and it's a step in the right direction yeah. and I, I wholeheartedly agree it's a brilliant brilliant call out yeah and i would stay away from the blanchfields and uh, araujos and, and barbers of the division because i mean depending on how that shakes out right like you could maybe save that for a contendership fight down you know maybe in 2023 or something like that right like meatball molly's got some juice let's 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 be careful with that it's kind of yeah. like patty yeah yeah so i think that's a good it's a good one um i can't think of a better a better name. I can't think of a better person. There's nobody else in the division that I would think like makes more sense than Antonina Shevchenko off the top of my head, yep. to be honest. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I saw a note here from Russo. I, I missed this Russo. There was someone else uh, calling her out. Who's that? Yeah, Miranda. Miranda Maverick is uh, looking for that smoke from Molly Meatball McCann. Mm. Okay. Well, now that's, see, that's another up and comer. Uh, yeah. Again, I almost want to leave them uh, aside because I mean, Me listen, too. I have no problems with contenders and, and future divisional potentially stalwarts fighting one another. I just think it just makes too much sense to like I would feed if you're going to give Meatball a name, give her a veteran at some point. Don't give her the future quite yet, because I mean, this the, we, like all those names I just mentioned, those are the futures of that division. Right. Yeah. I so think- you got to be careful. Yeah, I think I would rather see that fight down the road. I just I like the the Shevchenko built-in storyline, but I'm a fan of Ma- Miranda Maverick too. She certainly is a a great yeah. young up and comer for sure. But um, it could I mean it, look if the Shevchenko fight wasn't there, like that fight's not it's not a terrible fight. It's a, it's still a good idea. I think they're both on the similar path. Um, so it could make sense as a good matchup, but. I'm still um, hoping they can maybe do the Shevchenko one. I think that's better for now. I want yeah. That's what I want to see. And ag- I, I completely agree. It was a, it was damn near the perfect call out from Meatball. And uh, well, I mean, listen, uh, <laughs> whatever's next for her, we're gonna watch because that's what she's doing right now. She's making a name for herself. And I mean, look no further than uh, I know. I know she's 32. She's not exactly the youngest fighter, but she's still very much in her prime. She's got crazy snap, uh, you know, on her punches and her finishing ability. All that is a bit of a rarity in that division, right? But then she's got the juice. I mean, you know, Barstool Sports uh, is sponsoring her. Like, she's running out of the cage and jumping into Dave Portnoy's arms. That might be, like, the one of the only times I've actually liked Dave Portnoy. I was like, good for you, Dave. You didn't get crushed. Like, I thought for sure when Meatball flew out of that cage and landed in his arms, he was taking a seat. Like, I was very impressed with Portnoy's ability to hold her up and, uh, you know, I mean, it ain't easy catching a woman jumping <laughs> off an octagon platform. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't say I'd do the same. Molly might have flatlined my ass. <laughs> well, I'm you were serious. You, I mean, you would have made a good landing, though, because you get, you know. Thanks. Thanks, Misha. (laughs) Yeah, soft landing. Is that where you were going with that? I would have, like, one of those, like, you know. Yeah, when they got when you got when you got the stunt people jumping off a building and they hit the X, are you saying I would have been the X? Oh, cool. Pretty much. Cool. I'm glad you got you. Thanks, Cupcake. (laughs) 
<laughs> you picked up exactly what I was putting down. Yeah, you understood. Yeah. You got the assignment. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I know I know you well, Misha Tate. I know you well. All right, good stuff there from Cupcake. Even if it would come at my expense, uh, slightly a little bit. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.